You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. We moved up the time. Ryan Talbot, because we got out of the press conferences, and I'm like, listen, we're not going to write much right now. Uh, it's 1.45 in the morning, East Coast time. Uh, probably do some writing when I get back to the room. But we have a football game to talk about with, with – I got the volume hitting me in the ears because I, <laughs> I had the YouTube open. Listen, it's late. We had an hour and 15-minute delay uh, – they finish the game. The Buffalo Bills exercise the demons, come into Arrowhead, the site of 10 months ago. I'm sitting here right now, dead center, 50-yard line, looking down right to the right. I remember like it was yesterday, Stephon Diggs standing at that 30-yard line, watching as the Kansas City Chiefs celebrated another trip to the Super Bowl. The Bills come in here and absolutely dominate on both sides of the ball. The defending AFC champs, they win it 38-20. to in a one-sided affair. This is the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast. It's late, but we're bringing the energy in this one. We're brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store with more. Whether you're celebrating at home or away, Tops has all your fan favorites ready to enjoy for football, entertaining, or any occasion. And if you get to Tops tomorrow morning, get stocked up because you're going to watch Monday Night Football tomorrow. It's going to be a, a victory Monday for the Buffalo Bills and all the fans across Western New York. Ryan Talbot. Whoa, what a game. What a game is right. And listen, I said before this game, I needed to see it to believe it. And to quote the monkeys, I'm a believer now. Listen, that was quite the statement win for the Buffalo Bills. They were dominant on defense. Josh Allen, the offense, looked great in the first half. And then when it mattered most, that unit put together one of the best drives. I, I think the best drive of the Sean McDermott era in this game. You know, it's funny. Sean McDermott was talking about that drive after the game uh, in the press conference, and you could see him kind of light up a little bit when he was talking about it. I mean, he put it all on Josh. He said that was a drive, uh, you know, we needed uh, the, the, the game was kind of hanging in the balance a little bit. When you keep, when you keep the chiefs in the game and they have life, it's always a scary situation. I mean, Josh was asked about it. Like, when did you feel like, you know, the game was in hand? And he said, when, when we were kneeing, the ball down at the end of the game. And then you kind of feel like that with the way that uh, the Kansas city's offense, you know, plays the game 12 plays, 78 yards finishes with the Emmanuel Sanders touchdown. And we're going to get into a lot of offensive stuff. Cause there's a lot to break down from this game, but I want to start with this defense, Ryan, this was another one of those masterpieces. I mean, if you go back to last year, you know, in ball, when the Bills beat Baltimore in the um, divisional round, we talked about it on that post-game press conference. We gave all the props in the world to Leslie Frazier, and I think you got to do the same thing again tonight. I think they came in here, and it's almost weird watching a game play out exactly like players preview it. You know what I mean? Talking all week about you know getting insight from Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, um, uh, Tremaine Edmonds about what they had to do to be successful in this game. They said, we have to make them nickel and dime us down the field. 
We can't give up touchdowns. The Chiefs came into the game as the into this game as the number one red zone team in the NFL. When they get in the red zone, it's been lights out for the opposing defense tonight. Two for five. They had to settle for three field goals in this game. The Chiefs ran 79 plays, Ryan, and they didn't even go over 400 yards of total offense. This was a masterpiece. They they needed to take advantage of opportunities. They did that. They forced four turnovers. This was, I mean, if you want to sit here and talk about this defense for the first four weeks and questioning the teams that they played, they came in here against the preeminent offense in the NFL, and they shut them down tonight. Well, I, I don't know, man. Aren't the Chiefs also in last place in their division? Some people might say <laughs> it's another last place victory against No, I'm just kidding. No, the, the Chiefs are a great team. And listen, this is the blueprint. It's not the Buffalo Bills blueprint. It's it's kind of what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did. It's what we saw uh, the, the Chargers doing there when you play your safeties deep. You don't let them hit those big plays. That's how Tyree Kill thrives. He can hit those home runs. Uh, they can put up points quickly. If you nickel and dime a defense and make them go up and down the field on those 10, 12, 14 play drives, there's going to be an opportunity here and there for a mistake to be made, a bad snap, a batted ball, uh, a ball that hits off a receiver and gets intercepted. We saw a little bit of all of that tonight in, in the Sunday night football game. Whereas if you try to be more aggressive with this team, you better get home quickly against Patrick Mahomes or he's going to make you pay. The Bills really didn't bring much pressure. Uh, they didn't take Mahomes down a lot tonight. I know Greg Rousseau had a sack in this matchup. Uh, but they were still able to kind of make him move a little bit. And you could see throughout the game, Mahomes was frustrated. He didn't like the fact that he was having to settle for these underneath things. There was one play where he had about eight seconds uh, before he released the ball and ended in an incompletion where all day to throw it, but just no one was open deep. So, you know, it, it pays off. This game plan paid off for the Bills. You obviously have to have the personnel to make it work. So it's going to be interesting to see how other teams later in this year have, if they have the same kind of success that Buffalo and the Chargers uh, and other teams have had against Kansas City since that Super Bowl, uh, if they're able to pull it off. But yeah, the Bills executed it to perfection. So, you know, there's a bunch of standout performers on this defense that we can get into, but let me start with Taron Johnson just because he led the game in tackles. He was all over the field. He, there were plays, Ryan, that, you know, you're looking at Tyreek Hill out there and you're looking at the stat sheet and you're waiting for it to kind of creep up and creep up. And, you know, over the course of the game, it never really does. By the end, he, he ends up with seven catches for 63 yards, but that was on 13 targets. So that means he was actually targeted six times where there was an incompletion on the play. That's unbelievable production from Taron Johnson, who just signed a three-year contract extension yesterday to become one of the highest paid nickel cornerbacks in the league. I wrote a story about him that went live today on the site. You can go over to Syracuse.com, NewYorkUpstate.com. You can read all about it. I talked to a bunch of different people about Taron Johnson this last week. He's been trending towards this performance. And I thought that this was in a lot of ways, if the, if, on the offensive side, and we're going to talk about him, this was the coming out party for Dawson Knox. It equally was the coming out party for Taron Johnson, who, Ryan, there were plays watching it in the stadium, and I don't know how much this came across on, on, on TV, on the, on the broadcast, where Patrick Mahomes literally was eyeing down Tyreek Hill, waiting for him to, to get his separation. He wasn't able to do it against Taron Johnson. There was one play in particular where he had to completely stop uh, all of his momentum pump. It wasn't a pump pick. He literally just had to stop from throwing it because if he would it would have thrown it, Taron Johnson would have jumped the route. This was a spectacular performance for a guy who, you know, he, he, he got a bag, but you know, he's earning it this year. And he's a big reason why this defense is so good, particularly on a night without Matt Milano. Yeah. You know, it was about this time last year when something, a switch flipped in Taron Johnson. He was benched in that Titans game one year ago. Cam Lewis gets injured. He comes back in. And, and from that point on, he played at a much higher level than he had been playing earlier in that year. And it carried over late into the season, the win against Pittsburgh. It carried over in the playoffs with that pick six against Baltimore. And then here in 2021, he's just hit the ground running from week one on. We, we've had discussions post game. Was he the defensive MVP? Was it Matt Milano who didn't even play tonight? And the Bills put this kind of masterpiece together. Taron Johnson was as advertised. He was great tonight. He started earning that new contract in a, in a terrific battle. And you're right. Mahomes was 
uh, really looking for Hill at any opportunity. And it wasn't a play that Johnson was in coverage on him, but they did show it once on the, the telecast where Mahomes was keeping an eye on Hill and Hill tried to do a double move and, and, uh, you know, Levi kind of released him off at one point, and there was Micah Hyde just waiting in the wings for for him to come into the secondary. There was just nothing there in that uh, intermediate deep area. So the Bills pulled that off extremely well. Uh, like I said, when you take him out of the game in the deep area, he's still going to hit you with some underneath stuff. Like you said, 13 targets still was a factor in the game. Uh, but it even helps you kind of ease up a little bit on Travis Kelsey, too. So everything went to plan tonight for the Buffalo Bills. I want to talk much more about this defense, and we will throughout the evening, but let's shift gears for a minute. I want to get to Josh Allen. Man, I'm looking at this penalty number. 17 penalties in this game. The Bills were penalized for 103 yards, and they still beat the Chiefs by 18 points. I mean, if you want to talk about a dominant performance like this, that to me signifies just how dominating this was. The Bills kept shooting themselves in the foot over and over again. I would say at least half of those probably weren't even penalties, but that's a whole other conversation. I thought that this was one of the, in an era of bad officiating, Ryan, this to me was a game that was one of the worst officiating games I've ever seen on both sides. I thought the call on Ed Oliver was weak. I know they're trying to protect quarterbacks, but come on. I mean, he, he tackled them. And then the tackle on Josh Allen, I thought it was the same thing. He tackled them. Phantom holding calls on Deion Dawkins uh, in, early in the game, Mitch Morse later in the game. You know, the the, the pass interference call on Tredavious White, if you go back and watch that replay, Tredavious White's actually getting pulled down by Travis Kelsey. There was probably some offensive pass interference there, but really like a no call, like the, the, the ball wasn't even really catchable. So the penalties were a big problem, but let's shift gears and talk about Josh Allen's game today. Unbelievable performance. He only completed actually um at one point in the game i thought he was going to finish under 50 percent. he finishes at 57.7 percent, 315 yards 12.1 yards per attempt finishes with a 139.1 passer rating i want to get into uh your some of your takeaways about chris collinsworth but let's start first with just the performance of josh allen in a game where we talked about it going in he needed to be the superstar in this game and he was he was making superstar plays in this game yeah, first half especially with superstar plays. I think he finished the first half with uh, seven completions or around that range. Two of them were for touchdowns. He had a third touchdown running the ball. So, you know, you saw it in that first drive. The, the Chiefs go down to kick a field goal. The Bills get the ball, and it's like, okay, what are we going to get from this offense? Well, they, they plugged along. They moved it down the, the field using Allen's legs, using his arm, and then obviously he, he punches it in to open the game for Buffalo. And it's exactly what you wanted to see from your franchise quarterback, someone that you feel can go toe-to-toe with the Patrick Mahomes of the world in the playoffs, and he answered right away. So he was great there. He had a beautiful pass to Emmanuel Sanders in the end zone uh, that you know only a few quarterbacks could make in terms of the trajectory, the arm strength, everything on that. The deep ball to Stefan Diggs that didn't end up in a touchdown. It was a 61-yard completion. There was a little bit of confusion after that play. A lot of the fans wondered what Diggs was doing. I, I thought the ball was a little underthrown, and then by the time he adjusted, the defender kind of closed on him. Uh, but some thought that maybe he was celebrating a little early. I don't think that was the case, but it would be interesting to go back and rewatch that. But he, a lot of great throws to Dawson Knox. The list went on and on. And then again, listen, second half, you have a long delay. The offense doesn't do much in the third quarter. The you know the defense obviously widens that lead following like a high interception. But then when the Chiefs score and you need a drive from Josh Allen, he does it with his arm, he does it with his legs, and there it is. He does it with another hurdle. Uh, somewhere Anthony Barr was just like woke up from the dead of the night and just like a nightmare or something woke him up and uh, th- that, you know, somehow he knew that Josh Allen had performed another hurdle in a football game. And just like that one, it, it paid off. It ended in a first down and then Allen finishes that drive with a eight yard touchdown pass to Emmanuel Sanders. So, you know, all said and done, that makes the game 38 to 20 pretty much puts it out of reach. They eat up, they eat about eight minutes off the clock at that point. It was the best drive of the Sean McDermott era. You know, I thought um, Josh Allen came out tonight. I really liked the way that they opened the game. I thought that that was, um, you had to do something a little bit different 
it, you know, and they came out and they ran the ball a little bit. It wasn't really super successful with, with the running backs early. And so Josh Allen said, man, if you guys are going to run rush hard at me and uh, I can't remember if they were blitzing on that first drive or not. I thought that the chiefs did blitz a little bit more than they had been coming into this game. He was going to, you know, make them pay for it and turn back into the runner. And I thought that I liked that. I thought that those opportunities have been there for him all day, all year. And what it did was, and I wrote about this in my observations, it immediately put the pressure on the chiefs offense. They, the way the bills had that drive work. The running game, which has been predicated on the success of Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, it wasn't going yet. The passing game, which we all know the success it's had over the course of the last 16 months, that wasn't going yet. It was just another way that they decided they were going to beat this defense. And none of the other stuff was working yet. So if you're Patrick Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid on the sideline, you're like, okay, the pressure's on. We got to, we got to respond right now. We got to come out there and make plays. And I thought that the way that the the defense was playing, it came to this perfect start to the game to where the bills took control on the road and they really never relinquished it. Even when the, the chiefs got back into the game, took the lead uh, there early in the second quarter before they lost it eventually for good. I still felt like the bills were controlling the game. Yeah. They, they controlled it throughout the game. They answered right back after the chiefs had taken that lead. They did everything right. Brian Dibble called a great game. You know, you mentioned it early in the game. The, the run game wasn't going. And if you look at the final stat line, it was mostly Josh Allen with the success on the ground, although Moss had a few nice runs in the end. But I thought Zach Moss uh, had a really underrated performance tonight, especially as a receiver. He dropped that first target, and then he had a big gain on the second. He had two receptions at halftime. Uh, and, and then uh, the little lob pass, whatever you want to call it, that he took for about 16 yards on that long touchdown drive in the second half. So he factored in. And when we had our show on Friday, that was the theme. You know, look for the tight ends, look for the running backs in, in the passing game to hurt this Chiefs defense. And, and Moss's final stat line doesn't jump off the page, but he was effective. He did his job when he was targeted. He picked up big chunk plays. Uh, so, you know, even those little, the little plays here and there, they add up in the final stat line. So I thought Moss had a nice game as well. So what happened with Chris Collinsworth tonight? We were talking about it a little bit before we came on the, on the air. I've seen some comments here. Obviously I'm in, I'm at Arrowhead right now. I wasn't listening to the broadcast. What happened? <laughs> Well, you know, first and foremost, it did feel like he was very pro Chiefs. Um, and a lot of the things that he was seeing and saying, uh, the Ed Oliver roughing the passer, he said that was a valid penalty. Uh, he agreed with most of those holds and, and, uh, defensive holding penalties. And then he had some eye opening statements after the Josh Allen hurdle late in the game. He said something along the lines of, yeah, you know, they have Mitchell Trubisky as their backup quarterback. And, and listen, he's, he's just like Josh Allen. He can do that same kind of hurdle over defender. And at that point it was kind of like, Whoa, I don't think you'd see Mitchell Trubisky hurdle over defender to move the chains like that. Trubisky in his own right is a very athletic guy, but uh, he is a major step down, obviously, from what Allen is and what he's become. And that's not a, you know, I'm not trying to insult Trubisky. He's a probably the best, if not one of the best number two quarterbacks in this league. It's good to have him on this roster, but th that was odd. Um, you know, Collinsworth kept going back to that pass interference or not pass interference that roughing the, the quarterback penalty on Clark late in the game and how he didn't agree with that yet. He, he kind of agreed initially with the Mitch, Mitch Morse holding call before kind of backing off of that. And if one play doesn't happen, the other doesn't happen. And what I mean by that is obviously Mitch Morse did not hold on that. Josh Allen scramble. Josh Allen runs, mm -hmm. picks up the first down. If that play stands, Josh Allen's not chucking the ball down the field on, on third and 17 it's first and 10. They're trying to eat more time off the clock. They're not going to do a play like that. So you, you kind of have to consider both plays. But I didn't think he was overly complimentary to the Bills offense in this game, uh, especially late in the game. It, it, he almost felt like he was stunned in, in terms of what he was seeing. And, and listen, I get it. The Chiefs have been the class of the AFC. They've been to the Super Bowl the last two years. They've won one of the Super Bowls. Um, but he was literally speechless after that Micah Hyde pick six. So I didn't think it was his best performance by any stretch of the imagination. It, it did feel like it had a little bit of a Kansas City slant to it. But I, I guess at the end of the day, too, 
the the Chiefs have kind of earned that recognition, that praise based on what they've done over the past few years. But right now, they're they're really struggling, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And there is a blueprint to at least slow down the offense. The um, Zach Moss and Devin Singletary ran for a combined sixty-ish yards, a little bit more than sixty yards. Check this out, Ryan. The Bills had 436 total yards tonight on 54 plays. They averaged 8.1 yards per play. The Chiefs ran 79 plays in this game. 392 total yards, 5 yards average game. In a game like this, to even mention the conditions when the opposing team's offense absolutely, and listen, I get it, the Chiefs' defense the Chiefs defense might be worse than Houston, the Houston Texans defense, um, which, by the way, if you if you caught that early game between New England and Houston, man, did Davis Mills look like a completely different quarterback. I think that we were way too high on the New England Patriots defense going into the season. I'm very interested to see what those games are going to look like when the Bills uh, a- a clash with New England. Uh, but that's a topic for another st- for another day. The Bills consistently throughout this day. This game moved the ball. They scored points. Listen, two for five in the in the red zone. They probably would have wanted to be a little bit better, and that's something that they're going to have to continue to try to improve upon. But I think they have the tools to figure that out. I thought that they were really good in the red zone last year. I think they have one of the best weapons in the NFL, and Josh Allen, I've said it a million times, they got to use him more as a weapon. Uh, and, you know, it's funny because there were so many big-time plays today, and, you know, Last year, when the short and intermediate game was working so well, I feel like critics heavily, you know, kind of sat on when's the deep ball going to start working. And then when the deep ball started coming around, you know, you find something else. Josh Allen's just going to be a guy that people always try to find something with. I mean, at times tonight, I even thought that there was more opportunity for him to go to a read, whether it's his first read or second read, but be deliberate with it. And I felt like there was a little bit of hesitation at times, even in the passing game, even with as good as he was in the passing game. Because, listen, you throw for 300-plus yards, you throw for three touchdowns and no interceptions and finish with a 135-plus passer rating, you had an elite day. And, you know, some of his some of his critics, historically, I saw on social media today talking about him being directly back in the MVP conversation. And that's what I think he did tonight is put himself back in the conversation. Oh, hundred percent. He, he's right up there uh, with the other competitors. And, and you're right. You know, you, you look now and Allen silences the critics once again, because this was probably the last thing you needed to see minus obviously a Super Bowl win uh, in, in Buffalo, but in regular season, in, in terms of what the bills still needed to do, getting over the Kansas city chiefs, defeating the team that defeated them twice last year, what was that last real big, um, you know, check mark that needed to be performed? And, and the Bills did it, and they did it well. And Josh Allen obviously played a huge role in that. You're, you're right, over 300 yards. So, uh, he, he had a role in every touchdown on, on offense, obviously. So, you know, he outdueled Patrick Mahomes on, in one night. And mind you, it's in October. You're, you're going to want to see that come January uh, when it really matters if these two teams match up again. But Allen answered the, that last question in terms of, can you go into a road environment last year, especially 17,000 fans and the noise kind of rattled the bills and it, and it threw them off. You had a full stadium tonight. It didn't throw them off. You had a monsoon type rain at one point. It didn't throw them off. The bills executed. They protected the ball. They were smart and they, you know, they took advantage of a bad defense, putting up a, a total of 38 points in this victory and leaving Andy Reid to pretty much say, I didn't see this coming. And that's literally what his quote was tonight after the game. He didn't see this loss coming in terms of being so lopsided, but it's exactly what ended up happening. I'm looking through things here really quick, and I think the other team was Arizona. It is 27. Yeah, the Bills are the highest scoring team in the NFL right now. (laughs) You know, what more can you say? And Josh Allen was at the podium after the game, and I filmed his his little clip on him talking about the hurdle. I thought that would be fun for everybody, so here it is. Yeah, um, obviously third down, they gave us a man look. Um, you know, first, second option really weren't there, so I just kind of felt, felt the lane. Um, and obviously knowing the situation, you know, how the game was going, I just felt like you know, we needed something to, to, to get a first down there. And 
again, I, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to help our team win a, win a football game. And in my mind, that was uh, at the top of the list. Did you know you were going to clear him? Did you think uh, you were pretty good? You, you really <laughs> never know until it happens. It's just one of those split-second decision things that uh, you, sometimes you got to get lucky for. Um, you know, being a bigger guy, I understand that sometimes you're going to try to hit low, and in that situation, it worked out. Just Josh Allen talking about uh, his second hurdle now in four seasons. It's funny. Um, it would have probably been a little bit more uh, fitting had he done it last week because of how big of a, a favorite the Bills were against the Texans, and it would have had that kind of uh, you know connection to the Minnesota game uh, four years ago. But this is an offense that I think really shows now I think through five games, we've seen enough, all the different ways they can beat you. You know, Dawson Knox emerging as a superstar tight end is a big time storyline, Ryan, that we need to talk about. This is not any longer a small sample size that you could project out. This is the best tight end statistically in the NFL right now. He leads all tight ends in, in touchdowns. After the game, Travis Kelsey went up after getting outplayed by Dawson Knox, the guy that was at his tight end university. And he told him, man, keep balling out. I mean, I, I love watching you play. You're doing a great job. Dawson Knox said it was super cool. He's, you know, a super encouraging guy. They have a really good relationship, which I also think is super cool. Like, you know, tight ends around the, uh, the league or any position group kind of like, you know, sharing knowledge. I, I think that that's always a, a fun storyline, but Dawson Knox is, you know, what I think gets lost too is, is Josh Allen talked about it after the game. He thinks he's one of the best blocking tight ends in the NFL. This is a complete football player now that you're going to have to seriously consider of if he continues on this track. We're talking about big time contract extension. Yeah, it's something that's going to have to be considered. I think that based on what we've seen from him this year, too, he's going to shatter not only all of his personal records. I think he's going to break some Bills all-time tight end records because when you really go back and look at their history, that there's not much there in terms of the receptions, the yards, the touchdowns. The have Bills the, haven't. The Bills haven't been tight end university. No, no, they have <laughs> not. Uh, you know, I, I go back to the, like the Jay Reamers my days. He was pretty solid. Pete Metzlar's in the Super Bowl era. Keith McKellar, so on and so forth. But listen, they they've never really had a a superstar at the position. And we said from the time that they drafted Dawson Knox that the talent was there, the athleticism was there. He didn't have the college production. Uh, because he played at a college first and foremost that targeted the tight ends. He transitioned to tight end in college. And there was a lot of things, and it's it was uh, if he puts it all together. Well, listen, you can drop the if from the equation. He has put it together. He's making plays down the field. He's adjusting on balls. He's scoring touchdowns. He's blocking well. And, and you know, uh, one of my friends, he's a, he's a Bengals fan, and I saw him on Twitter tonight after uh, Knox's first touchdown. He said, the Bills drafted Dawson Knox in the third round of the same draft that the Bengals took Drew Sample in round two. And listen, Sample, I, I had him as like a late pick, and it was kind of a surprise one. And you look at what Knox is doing now, and that's a, a day, you know, a late day two pick who's really panned out and developed into this superstar now who's, you know, you, we can have the conversation next week, this week, about how he might be end up taking snaps away from Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis, but Listen, when you have a guy like this that can be a game changer for you, that can make these big plays, that can be a mismatch against linebackers or defensive backs based on the size speed differential, you want him in there as much as possible. And he's making you look like a he's making Brandon Bean look like a genius right now. You know, in a way, though, I, I think that if you're the Bills, you're loving how this thing is playing out because you know, there's so much tape now out there with Dawson Knox featured in this offense. I mean, we're going to look at the snap counts tomorrow, I'd imagine, and it's going to be pretty unbelievable to see the, the discrepancy there between him and Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis, like you mentioned. But I think it's a good thing. It's almost like Cole Beasley's like in hiding, you know what I mean, right now. And you're going to be able to bring him out at various times over the course of the season. You know, he had huge games against the Patriots over the last couple of years. You know, those are going to be games coming up where, you know, it, it, Bill Belichick's going to be game planning for this version of the team. And you can you have different options and different like routes that you can take to find success for your offense. Want to talk a little bit about Beasley real quick, though. It's been an interesting week for him. You know, he started out the week coming up with a tweet uh, where he basically said, man, I, I go around 
all these different stadiums. The only place that I get booed is in my home stadium. Now I obviously interjected into that and said, I'm at the games and a lot of it here is like, it sounds like people are saying bees and from other fans that I've talked to, whether it be out at the tailgate or after the game or in between the game, that's the, 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 the feedback that I got is that's what people are yelling out there. Does sound like booze to some people. Does, maybe some people are booing and obviously more information came out afterwards that some people were yelling some stuff at him, whatever the case may be, you know, some drama, some, you know, a, a distraction that came on Monday of Kansas city chiefs week. And I thought it was interesting that you talk about Cole Beasley's usage. It was considerably down and I had my binoculars out and I was looking down on the sideline and there were plays where, you know, Cole Beasley looked like he wanted to go in the game and he wasn't getting put in the game. And at one point, I think he was walking out. He got pulled back. Gabriel Davis went in and he kind of took his helmet off in, in some frustration. And, and you, you know, you obviously one, I don't think that they'd ever get, get into that. And if anything's even going on there. So this is just kind of, you know, just trying to read between the lines, but you wonder if starting off the, a big week like this, which we know it was for the chiefs, if maybe that played into, you know, his uses rate. And if, if some of this stuff off the field distraction type stuff is impacting things, you know, it's interesting and time will kind of tell in that regard, but I think it just kind of comes down to the game plan. And, and tonight it was Dawson Knox and creating those mismatches. It, it was Emmanuel Sanders being worth every single penny of that contract. You can see why the bills tried to bring him in uh, so many times in the last few seasons. He's is, he is as advertised. You had Stefan Diggs making plays, uh, you know, Bees, I think he ended up with that one catch. I, I thought there was a one play in that touchdown, long touchdown drive where he was open out along the sidelines. I think it was a pass to Emmanuel Sanders that went for about 11 yards. Uh, at first glance, it looked like he was kind of running free, but I'll have to go back and look at that. But, you know, listen, at, at the end of the day, like you said, Matt, there's going to be matchups where Cole Beasley is going to get fed the ball a lot. But there's also going to be games like this where you're going to lean on the run game. You're going to attack the weaknesses of the defense, which has been using the running backs out of the backfield as receivers, attacking with the tight end position, and the Bills stuck with that. Next week, it could be Beasley getting 11 targets, 12 targets. You just never know. This is the this is a good problem to have. It's all about having you know more weapons than, a, than an opposing team can handle. It's about making them try to figure out who's going to be the hot hand that this week. And again, you know, it was a, a kind of a quiet statistical night for Stefan Diggs, minus that long pass down the field. But he said it a few weeks ago. This is all about winning. And I, you saw him having a lot of fun on the sidelines at the end of the game, dancing with the teammates. Winning cures all. And, and right now the Bills are playing like a legitimate Super Bowl contender. They look like the best team in the AFC right now. And you can't really ask for anything more than that. They're the Super Bowl contender, in my opinion. I think they're the best team in the NFL. I thought you saw an Arizona Cardinals team that kind of came crashing down to earth a little bit this week against an undermanned San Francisco team that I don't think anybody's really scared of. You get out of there with a win, 17 to 10. I like a lot of things that Kyler Murray has done. But it's funny. You start to look ahead at the potential, you know, and I know Bills fans probably start talking about Super Bowl and they're like, hey, hey, chill out here. Okay, knock on some wood, please, would you please? Um, but as you start looking at some of those potential matchups, where do they rank for you, Ryan? Like if you're in terms of the story, right? You know, obviously I still, I know it, the Kansas City Chiefs now have three losses in the AFC and are sitting in dead last in the AFC West. What a world that we live in all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. But I still think they're going to be in the mix. And even if they end up being a wild card team, I still think they're going to be a tough out. I still think that they're going to hold some type of advantage over the, the chargers or the Baltimore Ravens, even if they have to go into their house, but that's the AFC. I want to talk about who are like the best. What's the best story for a super bowl for the bills. Is it the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Is it Tom Brady finally being able to, Maybe, you know, beat Tom Brady and, and that whole deal, Josh Allen versus his childhood hero. That that's that's got so much drama, such a great storyline. Or is it maybe redemption from the Hail Mary? The Hail Murray. If you finally get to the Super Bowl and you're playing the Arizona Cardinals who made their 2022 2020 season all about that one moment, DeAndre Hopkins going up uh, in between Jordan Poyer and I think Micah Hyde and Tradavius White. Is that potentially the biggest one uh young quarterback versus young quarterback i don't know what, what 
the Rams have Jalen Ramsey in the Super Bowl, Josh Allen. There's so many fun ones. Where do you where do you rank them? Or is it Jake Kumaro getting his revenge against the Packers organization? No, uh, I think it. No, no, no. Day, Go right down the line with that. That could be very well it. Well, I, I think it would be an intriguing storyline, but not the biggest one by far. I think of all those matchups, I would go to the Cardinals right now. And listen, you're right. They they kind of uh, had a gut out this win against an undermanned 49ers team. They lucked out against the Minnesota Vikings, who missed a field goal, a, a, like a 37-yard field goal in their matchup. That would have been a game winner earlier this season. 5-0 and is 5-0, and but at the end of the day, uh, that, that team that still has some issues. But yeah, going into a Super Bowl against that team – the one that kind of put you on the right track last year, because after they lost that game, the Bills didn't lose another one until the AFC Championship. So, mm-hmm. if you could get that rematch in the Super Bowl, uh, I, I think that if the Bills would go in and win that game, you would probably never see the the Hale Murray on TV again, because it would kind of just be like exercising the demons of of that matchup as well. But listen, I mean, there's still a lot of football left to be played. We'll see if the Cardinals uh, end up at the top of their division or if it is the Rams who have obviously played really well. Uh, You you know, you look at the Packers, you you look at some of these other teams, obviously Tampa Bay uh, playing great football. If the Bills just simply get to the Super Bowl, I think Bills fans aren't going to care about the storyline so much as they are about (laughs) potentially winning that big game uh, after, you know, waiting so long to see them get back up to the top of the mountain. From hot-to-go pizza and appetizers, signature fried chicken, baby back ribs and subs, to delicious salads and brownie trays, Tops has everything you need to feed the hungriest fan. Tops, the official sponsor of Shout a Buffalo Football Podcast. Welcome in to the late-night edition. Ryan, I get a little juice now for the, from these late-night ones, right? Because I, I get a kick out of how many people stay up. And I know a lot of people are like kind of around the country and around the globe, so maybe we get a couple... Uh, more live listeners that usually can't for our live shows for whatever reason, timing wise, but it's great to see everybody in here. If you're on YouTube, thank you so much. Hit that like button and smash that subscribe button as well. Because once you subscribe to the show and you turn on the notification, every time we go live, you will get a push notification. So you can join us and participate in the show as well. Uh, usually we take a lot of uh, comments. Usually the post game ones, we kind of just riff off of each other. If we see something in the comments, uh, Sarah's not in here with us tonight. Uh, Sarah Holland's done a great job this year, but we're going to get into a, a little bit more of this game before I got to get out of here because it is the trek to the car. We, we came in the wrong. I, I got to ride to the stadium with Jay Skursky today. And I think we took a wrong road or a wrong turn. And mm-hmm. we got into a deep section of fans and we parked a mile and a half away from the stadium. I'm pretty sure it was a, a trek and it is pouring again right now, Ryan. Let's take a look. Whoa, 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 whoa. Everything's flying around here, but let's take a look. Here we go. There it is. There we go. It is You're not kidding about being high up there either. Right? It is. The Kansas City Chiefs press box is the craziest experience because we're actually over in that corner over there. And so you're literally just like this the whole game, like trying to like lift yourself off your seat because it's kind of tough to see. So uh, anyway, for the audio uh, listeners later uh, on shout uh, over on Apple and Spotify, you didn't see the great view of Arrowhead Stadium, uh, but it is uh, it probably looks pretty sweet to Bills fans right now after a 38 to 20 Buffalo Bills victory. And I felt like um, one of the key performers today. Wow, Ryan, Greg Rousseau is looking like perhaps and I'd have to go like pick by pick and really take a look at, you know, everybody's contributions. I know Patrick Sertan has been playing pretty well out in uh, Denver, man, Greg Rousseau for the value where the bills got him at number 30. He was a difference maker tonight. I mean, all over the stat sheet, a sack, a tackle for a loss, absolute monster in the run game, Ryan, That's been the best part of Greg Rousseau 2021. He's, he's flashing as a run defender. And one of the things that people talked about last year at times over Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier's uh, tenure is the Bills tend at times to, to suffer against the run, get gashed a little bit in the run game. I mean, go back to Philadelphia in 2019 when I think it was Jordan Howard and company that just absolutely bludgeoned the Bills. You can't do that anymore because you can't run to the right side because Greg Rousseau is there. And then when you try to pass it, the guy gets his – 83 inch wingspan up there tips a pass to himself intercepts it 
I mean, he's looking like a special player, right? Yeah, absolutely. And listen, I think you can make a case for a lot of those uh, those defensive ends that were drafted late in the first round. Obviously, Rousseau, uh, Joe Tryon in Tampa Bay's had some really nice moments. Baltimore's defensive end out of Penn State there. So, so some really good defensive ends. But you're right, Rousseau, game. Game of his life. I know he had two sacks earlier this year uh, in the game against Miami, but he had a sack on Patrick Mahomes. He has the uh, batted pass that obviously goes for the interception with the Chiefs deep in Bills territory. And then he was a force in the run game, made multiple stops in the first and second half in that regard. So he is living up to the billing. You know, a few years ago, the Bills had Shaq Lawson. Lawson was tremendous against the uh, run. And that was, you know, that was kind of like the the top aspect that he brought to this team. I think that Rousseau is just scratching the surface as a pass rusher. I think you're going to see more out of him. But with that wingspan makes him dangerous in terms of the interceptions. And then obviously the run game, he's as polished as they come among some of these rookies in this year's draft class. So outstanding performance from Greg Rousseau looked legit tonight. Groot is fire, yeah. I agree. <laughs> Big game uh, for Greg Russo. And, you know, uh, one of the comments in there was, you know, best thing to come out of COVID is getting a steal in the draft in, in Greg Russo. And it's, that's so poignant because had he played in 2019, um, or I'm sorry, in 2020, he probably doesn't fall to 30. I mean, the guys that really were plugged in, I still go back to Daniel Jeremiah and I, I don't always try to stand for him so much, but he's been so right on a lot of guys where, you know, the, the majority of people have been wrong on. And Rousseau is a guy that he consistently had as his top defensive end or number two defensive end in this class. And, you know, I haven't played a, a super ton of close attention to Quiddy Pay, but, you know, Quiddy Pay was the guy out of Michigan that everybody was just raving about, and he's had not even close to the impact that Greg Rousseau has had, and I think it helps to have, but, oh, before we go any further, I got to take my L, Ryan. I did predict the Bills to win today in a shootout. It didn't end up being a shootout necessarily uh, like I predicted, 44-41, but the I predicted 44 for the Bills. They got the 38, so pretty close there. I was wrong about this front. I was wrong about this front four. That was my biggest question coming into this game. They answered it definitively. I thought that they were getting pressure consistently from everywhere. I thought that Effie Obata, somebody that we mentioned on Wednesday, he made an impact today. I thought that he was a lot to deal with, whether he was rushing from the edge, rushing from the inside. The Bills uh, make inactive tonight Vernon Butler and Harrison Phillips for the first time because they wanted to get more athletic in the middle. I think that they might have stumbled on something. With the way that Starr is rushing the passer and his versatility, they may not need a consistent one technique. They may be able to go smaller and faster and overwhelm offensive lines with their quickness and speed, and it looked like it worked tonight. Now, I don't know where I am on the Kansas City offensive line, to be honest with you. I think that they've been up and down, if we're being honest. And if you hear a sound in the background, and I'm in one of the control rooms, and sometimes it gets weird. Some sounds start going off. <laughs> But huge game for Greg Rousseau, huge game for this front. I was totally off on that one. And listen, Mario Addison looked like he was rejuvenated tonight. Um, and, and if you can start to lean on Greg Rousseau for the kind of snaps that I think that he played tonight, this defense becomes even more difficult to deal with. Yeah, and listen, uh, Jason Persons in, in the chat here, you're right. Star Latule was great. He was, as advertised, he played a big role in the defensive line's performance as well. Matt, you mentioned F.A. Obata, Greg Rousseau. I thought Boogie Basham had some really good reps in this game. Uh, Hughes w was consistent. And, and I thought the Chiefs line actually was pretty solid minus uh, left tackle. It was called for almost back-to-back -back holding penalties on, on one drive. He's had some issues this year. Uh, but I, I think that the defensive line performed really well. And listen, you know, you, you do go into this game. <laughs> I took a big L by choosing the, the Chiefs. You're right. But listen, I said I'd believe it when I see it. And I, I did. I saw it tonight. Uh, I, I deserve the flack. I deserve to eat a little bit of crow. But, um, you know, I, I had to see it firsthand. I, I, I You did see the Chiefs move the ball a lot tonight. But the Bills made uh, turnovers when they mattered most. And, and that's what matters at the end of the day. But just going back to that defensive line. They were really good. But when you go into these games week by week, it's kind of like what we we're talking about with the wide receivers. Next week, it wouldn't shock me if Vernon Butler or Harrison Phillips were active because you're going against Derrick Henry, a, a battering uh, ram of a, of a running back that likes to take it up the gut there. So maybe you want to have some bigger 
uh, defensive linemen, defensive tackles in that game. You just never know, but it just goes to the talent. It goes to the versatility. They have F.A. Obata. They have Boogie Basham. They have Greg Rousseau. Guys that can all kick inside if you need them to. And then, obviously, you have the starting talent in Ed Oliver uh, and in Star Latule leading the charge. I can't believe we went this long. I'm, I'm going to give my star of the game. And you can pick a star of the game for yourself, too. Um, I'm going to give it to Micah Hyde. That was a big-time play. And not only was it a sweet interception, but the move that he put on. I mean, the dude, this dude's got something special going on with the spin move. I mean, you go back to the, uh, the onside kick a couple years ago. Uh, he just has really good feel for where people are on the field. And he makes, he makes a huge play tonight. And, you know, last year the Bills didn't turn it over at all against the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC title game. They knew they had to do it this year. They forced four tonight. Micah High gets the interception, runs it back for a touchdown. Ryan, that's three straight games with an interception for Micah Hyde. He's got now got three on the year. This is trending towards 2018 Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. Remember when they both had five interceptions mm-hmm. apiece? I mean, this defense is scary when they're getting this these kind of turnovers. And I, I don't see an end in sight. This was, this was the offense where that wasn't supposed to happen, although Patrick Mahomes has been turning it over quite a bit going into this game. But this is, that's my guy, Micah Hyde, player of the game for me today. Yeah, and I think he makes the most sense on defense, although you can make a case for Greg Rousseau. I'm going to go with Dawson Knox for my star of the game. The long touchdown pass, which, you know, any fan that's watched that play over and over again, I think it was uh, Matthew that was almost celebrating like he thought the ball was going to get intercepted. And then he saw Allen complete it. He kind of threw his hands up on his head like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Knox scored there. Uh, I know the Bills didn't score in the sec- in the third quarter, but when they threw it downfield to Knox and he made that great catch in one-on-one coverage along the sidelines, that set up the Bills potentially to score there. They obviously couldn't. They, they kind of backed themselves up on that drive, but he made big play after big play. He's stepping up, like you said, Matt. Uh, he's you know in the elite class of tight ends right now, statistically based on what he's been doing. He's on pace to shatter all kind of records for his own and team records. And, and you got to feel good about the guy based on all the work that he's put in between tight end university, the vision specialist, uh, knowing that he has all the gifts and then finally being able to put it together so far in 2021. Wow. So here's a staff from Elena Getzenberg at the uh, uh, at ESPN per Elias sports dating back to last season. The bills have scored 35 plus points in seven of their last eight games. They are the second team in NFL history to score 35 plus points seven times over an eight game span, joining the Broncos in 2012, 13 who had multiple spans. Pretty impressive stuff. I mean, this offense is clicking at a big time rate. And one last person I want to talk about, we got to get out of here because I got to get out. I think they're about to kick us out um, of this room, at least Um, Emmanuel, by the way, Killing it on YouTube tonight. I know it's super late. I know we, you got to kind of wait for us sometimes, and we always appreciate you guys hanging around. Please hit that like button on this video. Gets it kind of circulated, and I'll, and subscribe as well. Trying to get this channel up. We're we're on the track to 5K now. I'm, I'm feeling it. We're going to get there pretty soon. Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, everything that we talked about. I mean, we talked about this guy quite a bit now, going back to training camp. But the fit that we thought that he was going to be, he's absolutely been. Tonight, making big plays, taking pressure off Josh Allen, being available in big moments. I think if you're going to go back and watch, you know, the end zone view of that touchdown where Allen obviously threw a dart. I mean, it was a dime. But the route that Sanders ran to split those defenders and get open, it's everything that we thought he was going to be. The deep threat, the precise route runner, the ability to get separation. This was the difference in the game this year, Ryan. John Brown was nowhere to be found when the Bills played against the Chiefs in the regular season last year. Emmanuel Sanders was everywhere to be found, and Allen found him. Yeah, there was some criticism, you know, from the Nash- some national media members before the start of the season. Oh, they got older at receiver. Is he really going to be better than John Brown? Yes, he has been. He's been legitimate. He has uh, been a, a great weapon for Josh Allen. He, he looks great. And, and listen, he has that Super Bowl experience. That's why they wanted him to help them get over the, the hump, get to that big game. And hopefully, you know, for, for the sake of Bills fans, win that game. He was great. And then one last uh, praise for me, the offensive line. No sacks allowed. Bills go for over 100 yards. Obviously, Josh Allen's running played a big role in that. I thought that Spencer Brown had a great second start at right tackle. I don't think I heard his name mentioned once when you're an offensive lineman. Uh, that's obviously the, the path you want to go. The less you hear your name, the better. I thought he really stood out for this team. But overall, the entire unit, 
uh, looked great. Obviously, no Chris Jones on the other side of the ball for, for Kansas City, but still, they, they had Frank Clark. They, they have some talent there. The Bills' offensive line really uh, answered the bell, and they've continued to answer the bell since that week one performance. Yeah, that was definitely a big miss in this game. Uh, the Chiefs' defense needed Chris Jones out there today uh, to get some more pressure, to get some better pressure. I, I, I don't think that they were – you know, consistently they did what they could, but I, I, you know, it was Matt Verderam came on the other day and he talked about Jaron Reed being kind of a flop. I thought, you know, he didn't really impact the game much. Frank Clark had some moments, but I thought Frank Clark's been really good for them at times because he's able to play off Chris Jones. All right, we got to get out of here. The rain is coming down. I might have to do a video of some sort, Ryan, as I'm just walking through the rain. You know, that, that one video, I think it's like, um, is it from like the Hulk? Like, it's uh, Eric Bana, and the rain is just pounding him, and he's just standing there looking like he's crying. I don't know if that's from the H- a Hulk movie or another movie, but it's a gift that's always floating around on t- social media. That's going to be me because we got about a mile walk to the car. You know, I'm all dressed up. It was a big game, AFC title game rematch, so I thought I'd get dressed up. I'm about to get absolutely pounded in the rain. Anyway, I digress. Hosting a large party this weekend. Next weekend, check out tops is huge selection of party platters for a delicious effortless and affordable no stress way to impress for complete details stop by their carryout cafe or visit topsmarkets.com slash fantasy football that's it from arrowhead 3820 buffalo bills we're gonna get out of here enjoy it four and one buffalo bills sit at the top the afc now with a, a pretty crucial tiebreaker uh over uh, a conference foe for ryan talbot i'm matt perino we will see you on wednesday Got our guest already lined up. Stay tuned. Have a good night, everyone. 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 Have a good night, everyone.